ages three through fifth grade can go if you want to. Everybody else, open your Bible to Romans, Romans chapter three. If you have a Bible, if your Bible's where you can look at it, I'd, I'd really like for you to look at it today. <coughs> If you have a pen, you can jot some notes today. We're going to focus a little bit on teaching more than than preaching today. Romans chapter 3. I'm going to give you a few other scriptures, but you don't have to turn there. I'll give them to you, and you can write them down and look at them later. So. <coughs> We're going to have a quick 30-second business meeting. Is that good? Every year, we always like to give as a church we just forgot about doing it officially so is it cool everybody would give a thousand dollars to the Gideons right good anybody against that don't say nothing all right all right we'll do that we got that brother Terry where's he in there he is all right and we'll take up a love offering at the end so you can give if you want to um Romans chapter three so I talked to a lot of people um, as much as possible about their relationship to the Lord and <clears throat> and um, where they're at with facing eternity and and uh, how the, how the Lord uses you uh, as a believer and ministry and all these different things that I like to talk to you about when I can hymn you up and um, you know one of the things that that I that I hear often is an unsurety uh, in people that that are not confident and that's what I want to talk to you about this morning has has having confidence in Christ over the next few weeks I want to teach on this out of God straight out of God's word where you can look at it because here's the thing your relationship to the Lord your position your standing whatever you want to call it however you want to label it has to be based wholly upon God's word if it's not then you've got a faulty foundation okay you never want to <clears throat> When, when, when somebody asks you if you're a born-again believer, you never want to look back and base everything on an experience. Now, I know there's an experience, okay? But there's a lot of experiences. And so, you know, you don't want to base, you know, the Bible says search yourself and see if you're in the faith. You don't want to, you don't want to look back and go, yeah, I remember that one time that I did this. And go into eternity, you know, facing eternity with that is your confidence your confidence our confidence as believers is not in an experience but in the person of jesus christ and what he's accomplished with us and to have confidence in him same same word is faith faith and confidence interchanges actually in the greek they interchange and so in having confidence in christ it means i have a confidence in who he is what he has accomplished in his promises for me that's how i know 100 percent beyond any shadow of a doubt that when i close my eyes in death i'm going to open them up in glory okay there's not even an if in me okay and there, hopefully when this is all said and done there won't be an if in you you don't want to go into eternity with a 98 percent chance that you're going to go to heaven because you got a two percent chance you're going to end up in hell you understand okay and there's a whole lot of beliefs and and thoughts and 
and uh, things how people look at their salvation and, and confidence is not only for heaven and hell confidence the more confidence that you have in the security that you have in christ the greater your faith is the more you're going to be apt to share your faith with people when you're confident in god's word you're confident in who you are in christ jesus that it's not about you or your abilities but it's about him and who he is and so in this i just want to take god's word uh, and I, I know I've, I say that and I preach out of God's word every every week, but I just want to emphasize for you to look at it that it's not about what a pastor says. You understand that? A pastor's words are nothing if it's not God's word. You don't base your hope and your salvation based on what I say or my words. You base it upon God's word. Some of you, I've been pastoring for almost 20 years and maybe some of you, I'll be the only pastor you ever have, God bless, but God bless you. But what I'm saying is don't go to heaven and go, well, this is what Brother Randall said. Don't, don't, don't stand before the Lord hoping that something I said or you believe just what I said to be your eternal hope, okay? You want to know what God's Word says because there's a whole lot of preachers saying a whole lot of things that's a whole lot of junk. You understand that, okay? And so you gauge what I say by God's Word because when the Bible says it, it is absolute truth. And so in that, uh, <clears throat> with the days to come, another thing that, that often comes up is going to talk about what's going on in the world. Right now, honestly, is one of the easiest times to share the gospel. And I am going to go over this morning, so if y'all need to go to work or go eat or something, y'all can go uh, so that I got that out of my system. Uh, but here's the thing. I, I talk to people all the time. People are eager right now to hear what you've got to say about Jesus because what's going on in the world, even blind folks realize something ain't right. And so just talking about the Lord, people are listening, and I'm, I, I love what's going on, if you want to know the truth. But, but, but one of the things I notice among believers, I'm not talking about lost people. Among believers, when I talk about it's possible, very possible, that Jesus could show up in the next year. He can show up whenever he wants to, but, but looking at what's going on in the next year or two, just depending on whether you got the pre, post, or all that business, here's what I am. I pray for pre and prepare for post. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about whenever the Lord comes back to when he's coming back, but it could be in the next two to five to a very short time period. And what I've seen when I say that and talk that, especially with younger people who are believers, I don't see what the Bible says of an eagerness looking to the return of the Lord. It's like, oh, man, I hope not. I'm not really ready for that. And and all of a sudden, there's, there's, just, there's just doubt and unsurety, and there's no confidence to be able to say, even so, Lord Jesus, come quick. Come quick. We can have, you can have that kind of faith. It's not just, not just you know, an elite group of Christians who go, you know what? If death comes, so let it come. I'm eager to see the Lord. And I think there's a lot of people who go, I, I hope I'm eager, but I'm not 100% sure how God's going to feel about me. And they base their, their position with the Lord on all these different things. And I want, you to, I want you to be rooted and grounded in God's word where you can say, you know what? I'll laugh at death when it comes. I'll laugh at it when it comes because I know my Redeemer, okay? And so in that, let's dig in. Uh, we're going to look at uh, Romans chapter 3. And in Romans chapter 3, let me set this for you. Romans chapter 3, here's what Paul's doing. Paul is setting up in the first three chapters of Romans, Paul is setting up a court case. If you read the first three chapters of Romans, Paul is bringing everyone, okay? He labels three, he addresses everybody who fit one of his groups. The heathen and the right, or the, the, the religious man and the Jew. 
Those three people, you're, you're one of three. You're either Jew, you're religious, or you're heathen. I'm the heathen, okay? And so in that, he, he brings us into a courtroom case, and he brings us to the place to where you have to be in order for you to even consider to be saved. Please write this down. This is going to give you confidential witness. Only sinners need to be saved. Only sinners need to be saved. Okay, you understand? So if you're not a sinner, then you don't need to be saved. But if you are a sinner, you, like Jesus said, must be born again. Must be born again. And then we look at this, and I'm going to say some things that's not popular, but but you say, when we talk about salvation, and people ask you, are you saved? You say, saved from what? Okay? It's not saved from a bad marriage, saved from financial crisis. It's not saved from not going to church to going to church. It is saved from sin and sin's results. You know, there's things that you see with sin that that has results. I'm going to read real quick to you. James chapter 1. One of the results of sin is temporary pleasure. Amen? Let's be real this morning. If there wasn't pleasure in sin, we wouldn't have no problem. But to each one and to whatever sin it is you're drawn to, there is a temporary pleasure in that sin, but there is an eternal payment. The Bible says the wages, the payment... For sin is death. Not just talking about a physical death, but an eternal separation from God. And so there's temporary pleasure. James chapter 1 verse 14 says this, But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. That's what the devil, the devil uses sin to entice us. He uses the temporary gratification and pleasures to entice us. Whatever sin that you're tempted by, you're drawn away through that fleshly desire. You look at the temporary pleasure and what happens when you partake of that. It says, then when desire has conceived, when you partake of it, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Sin, every sin, any sin, all sin has one ending, eternal death. There is no, well, I can sin a little bit, and there's, there's levels of sin. This sin's not as bad as that sin. Any sin, every sin leads to one thing, temporary pleasure, eternal death. And in the middle of that, in between those two things, it always, every time, brings bondage, it brings sorrow, it brings pain, it brings destruction, it brings physical death, and ultimately, it ends up in your payment. And you know what, this is the important part, you're going to end up in a devil's hell. Nobody talks about hell. You know, preachers catch it now because they used to preach the hell fire brimstone and they apologize for it. I don't apologize for it one bit because hell is a reality. It is the truth. Jesus spoke of it. Write this verse down, Matthew 23, 33. Jesus said, when he was talking to the religious group, he said, how can you escape the condemnation or the judgment of hell? He wasn't just talking about the grave. He also said in Mark chapter 9, verse 43, and I won't give you all of them, but he said in Mark 9, 43, read it for yourself, black and white. Jesus said, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Now, he was not speaking literally, but he was emphasizing something here. He said, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off, because it's better for you to enter into life maimed than to enter into hell fire with both of your hands. Jesus preached on hell more than he did heaven. He was a hellfire brimstone preacher and i'm not into fear tactics i'm into truth tactics 
there is a hell. We don't like to talk about it. Revelation chapter 20, verse 10, verse 14, verse 15. And all those who were, whose name was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Also says, I believe somewhere around Revelation chapter 16, and the, and the fire of their torment or the smoke of their torment ascended up before God forever and ever and ever. I just want to emphasize, okay? Salvation is not saving me from somebody hurt my feelings when I was little and I'm crying and I need somebody to make me feel better. Salvation is saving you from sin and its results. And so in that, salvation is all about dealing with the eternal punishment of sinners. So if you're not a sinner, you don't got to worry about it. Right? Right? So you hear this morning, some of you are like, well, good, I don't got to worry about it. Well, let's just keep going. Because Paul brings this court case back into Romans chapter 3. Paul brings everybody to a place. Because here's the thing, in Paul's day, you know, it was, it was difficult, obviously, for those people to identify as a sinner. In our day, it is very difficult for us to identify. I would say this, it's not as hard for us, I think, it seems to identify as a sinner but it is very difficult for people in our day to identify as a sinner condemned to a devil's hell. We'll say, oh yeah, I'm a sinner. But so are you, preacher. Well, yeah, well, I, I didn't tell you I wasn't. And, and blah, 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 but, I, but I'm not a bad sinner. I'm just a little sinner. We'll, 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 we have all kind of different sinners. But here's the thing. All sinners face their day in hell. Every sinner. If you're a sinner, okay, if you're not a sinner, don't listen to me. But if you are a sinner... Without Christ Jesus, you face your day in hell. And it's not because God sent you there. It's because you chose to go. And I know some of you are turning me off. And if you are, you better, you better tune it in. Because this is the reality. I'm going to get to a good part here in a second. But I've got I to bring you to the place where you realize salvation is not what a lot of churches are preaching. Salvation is not, hey, all my friends went to camp and we, we cried. And so we all come to the front of the church. Or, or when I was little, you know, that's what my mama told me, you know, I needed to do. Or granny told me that I needed to do this. And so when I look back on my salvation, yeah, I did this thing. Yeah, I did that once. Well, I'm not sure I got baptized. I hear all kind of answers. And I'm like, okay. In reality, as a pastor, it scares the fire out of me for some of the testimonies that I hear to go, you're telling me you are ready to stand before a holy God as your judge with that? And that's all you're clinging to? Mm. I don't know if you really believe the Bible. My, my, my desire is not to scare you into joining Cedar Creek. I couldn't give a flip less if you joined Cedar Creek if you want to know the truth. My desire is for you to know Jesus and to be saved. Wherever you go to church is your choice. Where do you go to eternity is my concern. And so believe me, I'm, 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 I, this is a, a loving lesson, okay? Now, look in chapter 3, verse 9 through 18. I just want to let God's word speak instead of me. It says, what then? Are we better than they for all? For not all? Oh, oh wait a second. Not at all, for we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none. See that word? There is none righteous. No, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have altogether become unprofitable. There is none who does good. No, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. With their tongues they have practice deceit the poison of asps in is under their lips whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness their feet are swift to shed blood destruction and misery are in their ways 
and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. And so Paul brings everybody into the same category and says, nobody's righteous. The word righteous means to be made right with God, accepted or approved of God. None. Now, if you want to argue and go into a courtroom battle with God, that's your business. I won't. I'm just going to look at it and go, you're right. I'm not righteous. There's nothing in me apart from Christ that's righteous, good, nothing. There's none. And we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But notice this. He, he brings the law into it. You know, you got the law, basically the Ten Commandments. There's a lot more to the law, but we'll just look at the moral aspect of it. Okay? What is the, what is the first commandment? Y'all need to know these. No other gods before me. Thou shalt have no graven images. Third one. Remember this, I believe it's not, thou shalt not take the Lord thy God's name in vain. Remember the Sabbath, the give you holy. Honor your father and mother. Goes down and down, talks about lying, stealing, murdering, all these different things. The Ten Commandments, read it, Exodus chapter 20, if you don't know where it's at. When, the, when he refers to the law, he's referring to the moral law. A lot of people think, well, if I keep the law, or if I can just keep the majority of them, yeah, I lie, but I don't do the other nine. You know, or, you know what, I've committed adultery and I've lied, but I've never murdered anybody. And so that's, that's what I'm hoping, that God's going to weigh it out and go, you know what, you're a little liar, but at least you didn't kill nobody. Right? Or you went to church and you made up for all the, for all the murdering you did. You know, Jesus said if you look upon somebody, if you have hate towards somebody, you're, in his eyes you're murdering. Okay? We're talking about God's law, not our law. And so you say, well, if, I can't, if the law can't justify me, what's his purpose? Well, look what it says. It says in verse uh, 19, Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, what for? That every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. So what's the point of God giving the Ten Commandments? To show self-righteous people we're not righteous. Because what we want to do is say, I'm not that. What is that? I'm not that bad. So what we just did was we made ourselves the judge. I determine what that is. Everybody on this side of that is going to hell. Everybody on this side of that is not that bad, so we okay. Right? Y'all with me? This is not a tough message. Y'all, y'all wake up. And so here's what we do. Like, I'm not that bad. And I'm, I'm just telling you some of the things that I hear. And I'm, not, I'm not that bad. I'm not that kind of a sinner. And, and, and if we look, and I've been through this with y'all a thousand times, okay? But let's just bring everybody in the pot this morning. So have you ever told a lie? Yes, you have, and I have too. Multiple, probably hundreds, if you're older than six, thousands, right? Well, God calls lies. There's no such thing as a little lie, white lie, black lie. Lies a lie, according to God's word. If you ever told a lie, what does that make you? I'll answer the question. I'm a liar. Have you ever taken God's name in vain? Some of you go, no, never. Have you ever said OMG? Have you ever typed OMG? That's taking God's name in vain. To say that you're a Christian, to name the name of Jesus and live like the devil and chase after the world, that's taking God's name in vain. We're all guilty. It's called blasphemy. That makes me a blasphemer, okay? You ever stolen anything, regardless of value? I have. I have. That makes me a thief. Have you ever looked upon a person in lust? Jesus said, if you even look upon a person in lust, you commit adultery already in your heart. I have. You have too, if you're over four. Let's be real. Jesus said, so if I just stop and I throw myself under the bus, I'm a lying, stealing, adulterous blasphemer. I could go on and throw in there that I've dishonored my father and mother. That I have, I have murdered multiple people. 
probably some of you. Jesus said, if you hate somebody, I, I hope not. I'm just being open and honest with you. So I'll put, I'll put myself out there. If I don't have a trouble with self-righteousness because there's nothing to me worth anything. I've murdered people. I've lied. I've been covetous. I've chased after the world. The Bible said all liars have their part in the lake of fire. All of that throws me under the bus, and you're right there. If I was looking under the bus, we got a crowd. We're all under there with you. And so that brings to a place, you know what? So when I look at the law and I try to justify, because there's so many people try to justify, they say, oh, God is so good. He's like, let me, let me help you with this. So that when I look at the law, he's like, so what are you? I'm a lying thief, an adulterous blasphemer, a harm. That's what I am. I'm going to shut my mouth. What are you? I'm guilty. If God judges you according to the law, would you be innocent or guilty? Just like me, you'd be guilty. I'd be guilty. You know where guilty people go? They go They go to hell. So here I stand before God. This is very important that you get this. Don't get mad at me. I want you to get this because here's the thing. Until you come to that place, the very first step of your salvation is not simply feeling guilty. I don't want you to feel guilty. I want you to own it. Till you come to the place to where you go, I am a condemned sinner. Judged righteously, I deserve hell according to God's standard, not man's. In God's eyes, I'm a sinner, wicked to the bone. And I deserve to spend eternity in the lake of fire when I compare myself not to you, but to a holy God. I deserve hell. Until you own that, you're not getting saved. You understand what I'm saying? Cry, pray the prayer, whatever you want to do. You have to deal with that. That's what's got you separated from God. That's what has your loved ones separated from God. Quit trying to lead them in a prayer and give them medication when they don't even realize they're sick. And you can look back. I know some of you are going to really argue in your mind with me this morning. Go, oh, don't tell me. Because I know what when I did when I was, you know, nine. All I'm doing, I, here's where I'm at. I'm secure. I'm going to stand before the Lord in, in His grace. According to the scripture, I base my salvation wholly upon this. I just want you to be secure. You go to heaven, hell, that's your business. It doesn't affect me eternally. It breaks me. But I ain't trying to convince you to be like me. I'm trying to convince you to search your heart. Because we have to come to the place where we own it, where, we, where it's a reality and we grasp that. Or we can't be saved. Because here's the thing. The whole topic of the Bible, the central theme of the text from Genesis to Revelation is God's plan and purpose for saving sinners. If you're not a sinner, shut the book up and go. But if we look at the book, we'd have to agree. If you're going to agree with God, we all have to come to the place and go, you know what? I am a sinner. And all sinners end up in hell. All sinners. Listen to me. Don't say what? All sinners end up in hell. That's all that's in hell. Devil is angels and sinners. Okay? Sinners don't go to heaven. Let me make a point. So this weekend we went on a men's retreat. Let's give y'all a breather. Okay? I'm going to go a little bit over. So this weekend we was on a men's retreat. Me and Cody went up a day early to enjoy some fishing. I just got my boat fixed. You know, it's been $25 million to get the boat going so we can go fishing. You know what I'm saying if you're on a boat. We're up here fishing, we're minding our business, doing our thing, okay? All of a sudden we hear this noise, look up, and here comes this little boat across the lake. Almost looked like it was on a beeline for me. I sat there for a second, I looked again, there was two people in the boat, one in the front, one in the back, and it was bzz, coming across the lake. I just rolled up my rail, sat down, started getting my billfold, said, Cody, it's a game morning. 
Get your billfold out. Sure enough, it was a young lady and young man, super nice, super nice. But there's just something about the law. You know what I'm saying? Even when you think you got it all together, something you get that queasy feeling, I thought, should I run? <laughs> my motor's bigger and it's new, so maybe, you know. But anyhow, I was like, all right. But here's my thing. Here's my thing. I wasn't 100%, I wasn't 100% sure. Here's why, because... My boat's been laid up. I just got to fix it. For keep it long story short, the, the registration didn't have no punch hole in it. I didn't know what month it went out. It just has 21. I looked. There were some numbers on the side. One of them was 05. I was like, May. That's good. You know, that's good. That's the way some people do their salvation. Oh, yeah, I'm good. All right. <laughs> Listen to the story. Okay. So uh, anyhow, they pull up, and they go to uh, looking. Boy, the law, that's what the law does. It inspects me. I was like, here's my license. I had like five or six in one. She, I said, I think that's it. She said, you kill three deer? I said, at least. <laughs> so she looks at it. She's like, you're good to go now. I said, well, this is probably going to bury me, but, you know, I like to be honest. I said, I'm not sure if my boat is right on the inspection. There's no punch on it. I said, It'll probably get me a ticket, but I just wanted to ask you. And they said, we've got to it anyhow. So they get to looking, and I'm pulling out cards, and they're asking for stuff, and they look, and they come up with a with the uh, – deal I, I gave jeremy my old boat my wife takes care of all the paperwork and she condemned me <laughs> she's been registering jeremy's boat and i've been sticking that sticker on mine now listen to me this is a good illustration i had good intentions in my heart in my heart of hearts i believed that that sticker was good enough you understand what i'm saying you know where i'm going with this i had good intentions i had the good sticker all that it's like it's the wrong boat I was honest with them. I was starting to feel guilty. I was like, oh, the wrong boat, huh? I said, well, I gave that other one to my son. Uh, honest mistake. You know what she said? She smiled and she said, well, I'm going to have to give you a, a citation for that. Even though my intention was good. Even though I had a sticker, I didn't have the right sticker. I wasn't registered. And so she nicely said, I'm going to give you a ticket. I said, okay. Well, while you're doing that, I said, you know, I humbled myself. I said, you know what? I, I deserve that ticket. I ain't going I just want to make sure I get everything right before y'all drive off. We're gonna go through this boat and I'm gonna pay everything I need to pay so that I can be right. I didn't have a throw cushion either, so they let me go on that. But here's the thing. She she I, I called my wife on the phone, put her on speakerphone, and I said, This is gonna take a minute, but y'all gotta hear this. I'll cut my message short. <clears throat> but anyhow, I got on the phone and I said, uh, I said, Baby, you know, you take care of registering my boat. And she said, Yeah. I said, I got these two nice people here wearing badges with my boat. And they said this is the wrong registration. Now, I just got to find. It's probably going to cost about $2,500. I was exaggerating. And my wife said, oh, wow, boy, that's a good one. And I said, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Blah, blah, blah. I love you. She, she's going to register it online. And so I got off the phone he, in the mail game one. He said, wow, she took that better than mine would have. And the other lady said, she sounds like a keeper. And I said, I've kept her for 30 years, but only because of Jesus. And so she's writing me a ticket. I said, well, why y'all got us sitting here? What do y'all believe about Jesus? You know, I'm fit to get my money's worth, right? So what do y'all believe about Jesus? And I looked straight at him and he went, oh, I believe. I was like, all right, all of a sudden I feel like the law, you know. <laughs> so really, let me do some inspecting. So anyhow, uh, and I looked at her and she said, absolutely. I said, you're a born-again believer. And she said, I am. 
And so we just started sharing and was kind of talking, and Cody joined in. And, and we, man, for 30 minutes, we dropped the hammer. It was great. It was really a great conversation. We talked about our church family. We talked about what the Lord's in our life. And, and you know, we talked about 10 minutes there, and, and she finished handing me the ticket. That's what this is, ticket. She handed me the ticket, and she, she, she looked, and it's like, anything else? I said, well, if you want to stick around, yeah. So I started back into it, and I gave my testimony about how God saved my soul and, and my marriage and what all God's done. I mean, that dude, was, the, the male, he was tuned in. He was, I don't know who it was for, but he was zoned in. She was with it. We talked about the boys' music, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, we finally, you know, and after 30 minutes, he's like, anything else? And really, I'm empty. You know, that's all I've got. So we took off him, and we went on fishing. He actually told me where to go, and I caught fish. So <clears throat> here's the thing. It don't matter if you have good intentions. There's a lot of people, it's sad to say, going to be in hell with good intentions. There's a lot of people going to have the wrong sticker on their soul, and they're not registered in the Lamb's Book of Life. I want so much for you to be sure according to God's word, because there's only one way of salvation. I'm going to cut this short for your sake, okay? But I, got, I am going to get this to you. If you need to leave, you know, I hurt my feelings. Look in verse, uh, by the law then is the knowledge of sin. Absolutely, I knew I was a sinner. And here's the thing. Here's the thing I want to point out about my illustration was, I had everything else right, other than the throw cushion, okay? I had everything else right. They checked fire extinguishers, life jackets, license. Everything was right. But I still got a ticket. They didn't consider, well, you're close. You know, you're five out of ten or six out of ten, you're close. i got a ticket. I've got to face a judge. Okay? And so in that, you be sure. When you face the judge, you have what the judge is looking for. What is he looking for? Verse 21. But now the righteousness of God. What is that? That's the approval of God. That's how a person can be made right with God. It's the process of becoming righteous apart from the law is revealed that means separate from the law the law has nothing to do with your salvation it only brings you to the knowledge you need to be saved that you're a guilty sinner now what the righteousness of god apart from the law is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets even the righteousness of god through faith in jesus christ what are you talking about the law and the prophets we won't go into every time say but everything in the old testament pointed to the glory of Jesus. Everything, the law, the prophets, everything pointed to the cross of Jesus Christ. If you miss that, you miss the whole point of the Old Testament. But notice what he says here. And i got to give you a couple of words. I've got a whole lot of weight to them. It says, uh, for, uh, through, through faith in Jesus Christ, notice this, to all and on all who believe. It's for everybody. You don't have to choose, but if you choose to believe, it's on you. Amen. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Notice what it says here, being justified freely. Being justified freely. That word justified means to be declared innocent by one who holds the authority to do so. Only the judge, you know, if I, if I stand before the judge, he wants to look at that ticket and go, I choose, you're, you're innocent of that, you're justified. Don't matter what she says, I walk off scot-free. He has that authority. Here's the thing, she had that authority. Okay. And so in that, we're justified, what does it cost us? Freely. How? By His grace through redemption. And I'm, I'm really cutting short, I hate to. But you know what the word redemption means? Redemption means, I looked it up, it means a ransom paid for release. 
you're a lost sinner, you know what you are? Kidnapped. You're kidnapped. God created us as His children. Satan used sin to kidnap us. Jesus paid the ransom in full so that He has to let you go and you become what you were designed to be, a child of God. That's what the cross is for. Finishing up, look at this, okay? Hopefully you'll get this, and maybe I'll recover a little bit next week. It says, Justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Notice there's no mention of church membership, baptism, none of that stuff, okay? And then it goes on down and says, Whom God set forth as a propitiation, that's a big word, which is what is talking about the Old Testament, mercy seat. By his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. Old Testament. To demonstrate at this present time his righteousness. God puts on a demonstration of what his righteousness is. What is required for sinners to be forgiven and saved eternally. Notice what he says. That he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus who has confidence in Jesus. Let me finish with this. Very important that you don't miss me right here. He's just and the justifier. There's two things that the cross express. He is just. That means this is an expression of God's holiness. His disgust, his hate, his wrath towards sin. When you look at the cross, you see a God who is so holy that he could not spare his own son who was perfect, who offered himself up as a sacrifice for our sin. God didn't just go, oh, you know, it's not that bad, blah, 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 I'll overlook it. God poured out hell on his son. That's what the holiness of God is. So if you think for one second you're going to go around the cross and you're going to somehow buy your way in, talk your way in, you know, convince God you're not all that bad or you're not as bad as these other people. The holiness of God hates sin. He is disgusted with and he pours out hell upon it, upon his own son who became sin. Okay? There's another side of this that says that also he might be just and the justifier. You know what a justifier is? That's the expression of God's grace and love towards the sinner. God said, I've got two things I want to express here. I hate sin. You know why I hate sin? Because of what it does to us. God hates it when people go to hell. God hates it for you to suffer because of sin. God hates for you to be in bondage because of sin. God hates the destruction and the death and the division and all of those things that, that sin has brought into our life. He, he despises it. And yet, He doesn't overlook it. But also, He's the justifier. That means God says, I can punish. Here's what happens. Jesus offers Himself up as a perfect sacrifice. He became our sin. He, he took the sins of the world. What sin? Not in part, but our sin in whole. Your past, your present, your future sin. Jesus took all of that upon Himself. The holiness of God required by the law punished Jesus to death for my sin. And God said, now I can justify without making any bends in the law. I will justify the sinner who comes to me putting their confidence in what Christ has accomplished for them. When a person saved, they come to the place to recognize, I'm a lost, guilty sinner. Also recognize this, Jesus received justice so that you could receive grace. It's like a sponge. He chose to absorb the wrath of God's justice in order to pour out God's forgiveness and grace upon the sinner. Don't come to Him a good person. 
Don't come to him a church person. Don't come to him reasoning of how you're going to do this and you're not going to do that. You come to him as a guilty, condemned sinner to go, all I plead is the blood of Jesus. That is my confidence and my hope. And the Bible said, God counts you as just, innocent before God of all crimes that your sin committed, totally forgiven. If you have not done that, by the authority of God's word, you are not a Christian. Now, finishing with this. Um, we was on the way. Back to the story. We was on the way. Me and Cody decided that we was going to go eat a Texas burger. So we get in the truck. We're driving down the road. And, uh, and the phone rings. And it's an unknown caller. Now, I don't know what y'all do with unknown callers. Normally, what we do is we make we have a good time. And I'll, you know, talk in a funny language and, and carry on with them. So anyhow, I answered the phone. I was talking in a funny language, and she said, "She said, is this Randall Reed?" I said, "Yeah, it is." Changed my changed my voice. I said, "It is." She said, "This is uh, so and so, the the game warden." I stopped. She was like, "Man, here we go." She said, "I just want you to know that I changed that to a warning." I said, "Ma'am, you you didn't have to do that. I was I was guilty." So you didn't have to. She said, "No, no. I appreciate the fact that you called your wife and you made that right." She said, more than that, I appreciate what you're doing for Jesus. And I changed it to a warning. Now listen to me. You know, you can't line that up perfectly, but you can line it up a little bit. Here's the thing. She had the authority. She had the authority to make that decision. Why did she make that decision? I think it's because we shared the gospel with them. The gospel is what sets us free. Amen? Now, uh, knowing this crew, there's going to be a whole lot of game more to get in the gospel. All right. But I'm just saying, I didn't do it for that. I just, I just wanted to know if they knew Jesus. And you know what? Because of that, we got a full pardon. Here's the thing that I want you to get more than anything. I received it. I didn't try to go, no, you know what? I'll just, I'll take, I'll go before the judge. I don't want nothing from you. Don't call me. I hate you because you judged me. And there's a whole lot of other boats out there that's a whole lot worse. There's a whole lot of other people doing things they shouldn't have been done. And you gave me a ticket. I'll go before the judge and I'm going to make this right. I was not stupid. You know what? I was like, this is grace. I will take it. I said, man, God bless you. Thank you so much. She said, I hope you'll have a great weekend now. I said, why did you keep that then? You know, in, in John 5, 24, Jesus said, He that hears my words and believes on him who has sent me shall not come into judgment, but is but it's passed from death unto life. When you hear, when God calls, hopefully God's calling some of you today, answer that unknown caller. You understand what I'm saying? Answer that unknown, because here's what God's calling for. She didn't call to go, you know what, gotcha. I'm going to get you some more. Bring your boat back and let me look some more. She was like, you know what, basically because of the gospel, I'm going to give you a full pardon. You don't have to go to the judge anymore. So she said, you don't have to go see the judge anymore. When Jesus calls, what he's doing is he wants you to go, I am guilty. And he's like, you know what, I'm calling to offer you grace because he has the authority. What did he say? His last words were, all authority in heaven and earth are given to me. He is the one who, who, who is no longer my judge, but he's offering to be your savior to go, I will pardon you in full. See, you know what this was to me at first? It was a sickness in my stomach. It was something that I didn't like having in my pocket. I'm going to keep it in my billfold. You know why? To remind me of the grace that I received. And then I went and caught fish that they told me where they were. 
The Bible says in Colossians chapter 2 there's a, that, you, that every one of us have one of these. Every one of you have a, a citation. You're guilty of sin and you face a judge. One day I hope every one of you come to the place where Jesus called and you're like, Hello, this is the Lord. I'm offering you grace. When I did that, the Lord's like, Okay. You no longer have to take the ticket. You know what else I did? I went and made my boat ride. Repentance is not good. Got out of it, and I'm going to try it again next week. I made, it, I made sure everything in my boat was right. You know why? Because I appreciate it so much that she showed me grace. Repentance means, God, thank you so much for saving me. I want to do what's right. But when you come to that place, the Bible said Jesus nailed it to the cross. And our sin is no more. Understand that citation the law held against you at one point in time is your celebration to go, God's grace saved my soul. I was granted by his authority and his goodness something I didn't deserve. But because of the gospel of Jesus and what he's accomplished for me, I'm set free. If you don't have that today, please, listen to me. Let's forget all this churchy stuff where we play music. And we're going to play music, but... Where you like, what do I need to do? Do I need to come down here and pray with you? No. No, you don't. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you go, I have one of those on my soul. I'm a guilty sinner. According to what the Bible said this morning, I'm guilty before God. Well, guess what? Jesus is calling. He's calling your number. The question is, will you answer? Will you humble yourself to go, I don't deserve this, God, but I want to receive grace. Because it says it's to all and on all who believe. Will you believe? Salvation is confidence in what Jesus has accomplished for sinners. Why would you leave this morning going, I'll take my chances with the judge? You have no chance. You have no chance. Will you stand with your head bowed and your eyes closed? Lord, I love you and I thank you so much for grace. And I thank you, God, that you love sinners. I thank you that you call sinners to repentance. I thank you, Jesus, that you loved us enough to pay our citation in full, to offer us grace and tell us where the fish are, to show us your goodness day after day. And God, as your people, I know that probably a majority of the people here today are born-again believers. God, I pray that they would look at their heart and their life to go, how they're treating that grace. Has it produced a thankful heart? Has it produced an obedient heart just because they see how good you are? God, for people here who are lost, maybe they come to the place to go, you know what, I am a sinner. Lord, I pray they would leave a saint. I pray they would leave today having received the grace that you died to give them. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessed are you as you weep on your knees. Perfume and tears are washing over. Blessed are you, beggar, hopeless and blind, calling for mercy when I'm passing by. Blessed are you, shaking your head at two tiny fish and some bread. Blessed are you as you tremble and wait for the first stone thrown at your sinful disgrace. Tell me your story. Show me your And I'll show you what love seems. 